listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show, with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Hey, I'm Alison. And I'm Lisa, and we're the Soggy Bottom Girls. Lisa, it's kind of a special day. We've had a milestone that we've reached, and I think we're both pretty excited about it. Yes, it is very exciting. Tell us what it is. We've reached 150 downloads. Yay, 150 downloads. Thank you so much for listening. We know this is a very niche kind of show to listen to, (laughs) to say the least. A couple of weirdos from the Midwest talking about the British Baking Show. But if you are interested, we have some Soggy Bottom Girls stickers that we would love to give away. You can stick it on your computer or, you know, the wall, your child. (laughs) I don't know. I guess wherever stickers go. So please interact. We're going to post something on our social media soon. uh, Soggy Bottom Girls on Facebook and Soggy Bottom Girls on Instagram. You will see a post there that you can interact with and we will get some stickers out to, I don't know, maybe the first five or 10 people who say something about it. If we have 10 listeners, that would be nice. So Get your sticker this, here. This is just the start of our merch yes. uh, mountain. <laughs> merch mountain. We have already yes. <laughs> made our own Soggy Bottom Girls aprons. And someday when Allison and I actually get together in the same zip code, we will take yeah. a picture of ourselves wearing our Soggy Bottom aprons. We will, because I thought it was really fun. And it's such a tip of the hat uh, to the great British bake sh- baking show that you know, I think people will dig it as much as we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So many people are into it. <laughs> well, this week we're going to be talking about uh, week eight, which is patisserie. Patisserie. Can you say it with your accent? Patisserie. You know, it's the quarter, <laughs> it's the quarterfinal. Yep. Um, and so it's, we're really getting down to it, but before we get into that, I should bring up some show notes. Okay. Um, some open-ended things that maybe we talked about that we were both interested in or needed to know. We did discuss the baking tin that they use where they can sort of put in little dividers and make it bigger or smaller. And I think you looked for it, didn't you? I did. I looked it up, came up. There's a million of them out there, but it's so expensive. I, I could never afford it. Well, surprise, surprise, you can get it on Amazon. What was it like 50 it's some like 50 odd something dollars. bucks. And that just seemed like a lot. For a cake pan, I yes. thought it was a lot. Um, I did do just some preliminary searching too, and Walmart.com had it for I think even more than Amazon, unbelievably. But wow! But so if you feel so inclined to have a cake divided and separated, adjustable into cake pan, adjustable, it does look amazing. You. Yeah, I don't know. That just seems like something I I will never get, but. <laughs> You never know. Maybe Someone the <laughs> producer of those is out there and would just really like to give you one. Um, another note that I had, Lisa, uh, was about Watchacock have a banana. Okay. <laughs> I am very interested to know what Watchacock have a banana means. Well, so in my very Midwestern accent, I'm sh- I said, watch your, I thought it was watch your cock. And it's really watcha. Watcha cock. Oh. And it's cockney. And it's kind of like a universal 
form of addressing somebody, usually when you don't know their name. Like I was thinking like maybe it would be like, hey man, or hey dude, what's up? You know, kind of that um, way you might greet someone you don't okay. really know. So that's what watcha. So watcha cock is just kind of a generic way to greet someone you don't really know. So it wasn't What about the banana as... part? <laughs> <laughs> um, have a banana, I believe, is an interjection. And all I could find were examples of it in songs. So I don't still really quite know what that means, but okay. it wasn't important. There's but so many I... British things we don't know, but the part of the fun of talking about it is, you know, admitting that to each other <laughs> and trying to figure it out. Well, Cockney really has, I think fans of the show uh, will definitely recognize words like chuffed mm-hmm. or gut, gutted, gutted. Um, you know, or I'd fancy a piece of cake or let's crack on. These are all Cockney um, entries in the Cockney dictionary. I have I to thought- know if um, that's a, that's a right dog's dinner. <laughs> poor Ian says it so mm-hmm. many times. That was a terrible dog's dinner. Dog's dinner. I liked just one more I wanted to mention. Um, Can you think of what a bag of mystery in Cockney might mean? A bag of mystery. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I don't know what it means. Is that what it's a bag of mystery? Like, I don't know. Well, sort of. It means sausage. That's awesome. I thought it was too. I thought oh it was Oh my too. gosh. A bag of mystery. Uh, yeah. Which makes my stomach roll over I just know, a little I bit. Know. Yeah. I know. I know. Me too. Gross. All right. On to the show. The Let's signature. talk about it. Yep. Cream horns. They look great. Yeah. Don't ever want to make one. You don't ever want to make one? Yeah. I. Have You'd have to buy those cones. I think the word that is appropriate is fiddly. That's fiddly. what it looked like. Absolutely. Yes. I have seen Um, cream horns at the store. I think, I don't know, is it Hostess or Dolly Madison or somebody makes some and they mm -hmm. just, I don't know, I guess, you know, a crunch with some cream if that's what you're into, but it's not really an American thing at all. I have, I think I've seen an American version of it also that I don't think was made as fiddly by the way, but Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. And they were very generic, literally all cream, just sure. a white cream in the middle. Yeah. But, uh, of course, our quarterfinalist bakers had, you know, went over the top as usual. Yes, um, they did. I think Ian did a Black Forest Gato with Kirsch. Did I tell you about the Kirsch? I feel like we've talked about that. I'm still waiting, but I have a bottle of Kirsch. Kirsch? Kirsch, Kirsch, upstairs. Kirsch. Yeah, I think you're right, Kirsch. Yep. And you haven't used it yet? No, but I did take a little sip of it. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) It is so, so strong. I couldn't taste the cherry. It is so strong. I I may have told you this another time, but um, we just use it in fondue, in cheese fondue. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it brings to the table, but... You put like a shot of it in there or what? Yeah. Yeah, just a couple tablespoons. That's the only application okay. um, I've ever used it for. But Maybe I should look up some Kirsch cocktails before I finally get oh, down to my cake. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Ian made, put he put too much yes. Kirsch, actually. Mm-hmm. 
um, and his cream horns. There were a couple things about Ian because as you already foreshadowed, uh, the chocolate horns are something that he called a right dog's dinner. Right dog's dinner. Mm-hmm. And he also dropped a cream horn on the floor and he picks it up, which I want to know. He put it on the tray. I saw him. He did. Yeah. And then there's another Ian moment that I thought was hilarious of him just searching for perfect almond slices yes. out like, of the jar. Tray of almonds. <laughs> Talk about fiddly, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Talk oh about fiddly. Gosh. But you know, one thing that um, going back to his Kirsch, I'm going to say it wrong every time, Kirsch, Kirsch, Kirsch thing when he was like, I can't taste it. So I'm going to keep adding more Yeah. in this, like the sub subtext of this episode, people kept tasting their things and they're like, I can't taste it anymore because they get so, you know, they're so anxious. You know, have you ever been like, I really, really have to go to the bathroom. And then you mm-hmm. have to do something that makes you nervous and you forget you have to go to the bathroom. Yes. Or you're really, yeah. really, really hungry. And you get stressed out for a minute. And you forget that you're hungry. And I feel like they get so far into their what they're doing and they're tasting and tasting and tasting. And we we heard Flora. She's like, I think that's the coconut one. I think, uh, you know, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Um, I can't taste it anymore. And mm-hmm. he he was saying, I can't taste the Kirshen. So he kept adding it. And then, you know, Paul comes mm-hmm. in. He's like, that's too strong, which I would think would be easy with that very strong liquor. Liqueur. Right. And when you look at it, the filling isn't really, there's not a lot of volume to it. So probably did right? get really concentrated. Yes, definitely. I was worried for Nadia because she made the rose pistachio and mm-hmm. That rose water, have you ever used it? I, I'm afraid no. of it a little bit. I, let, I have I just some. I want to say I don't like rose. I don't like rose smelling things. I don't like rose tasting things. Come mm-hmm. on. You can get a better flavor than that. That's And and nine times out of ten on this show, too strong. That mm-hmm. rose is too strong. You use too much. It tastes like eating mm-hmm. flowers. Well, mm-hmm. that's because it's rose flavored. So I don't know, but you drink lavender lattes. So who am I to judge? I do, but rose is different. I really want to like rose and things. I love that roses are edible. Um, They're beautiful, obviously. I've had rose water for a while, but every time I smell it, this is going to make me sound a way that maybe I don't want to sound, or maybe just a child of the 80s and 70s, because it reminds me of sort of when they used to scent toilet paper when we were kids. like you know, 40 years, 40 plus years ago, they mm-hmm. used to kind of scent toilet paper and it reminds me of that. And so I, having it, mm, I don't know. Although when I say the words rose, pistachio, and white chocolate, it does sound interesting. I like pistachios. I like white chocolate. That probably tastes good. She got great feedback. It's yep. a cracker. It's a cracker. <laughs> <I think> it, <laughs> um, it was well done. And I think her mocha hazelnut ones, her horns were good as well. I don't know. Someday I'll try some rose something, I guess, just to see if I'm. I mean, here's a question for the ages. Why would you try, try rose flavor when mocha exists? <laughs> you know, every time somebody pulls out the coffee mixed with chocolate or coffee and caramel or coffee and vanilla, I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. Yep. It's it's such a wonderful flavor and they always like it. Mm-hmm. The judges, mm-hmm. oh, and I mean, of course it would be safe to do everything coffee flavored and they would never let you do that. But come on, in real life, don't 
don't make rose flavored baked goods when you can make them coffee flavored. <laughs> just saying. It's just or, coming from me. Miss four cups a day. If you're Flora, you could make a peach, lemon, and thyme, or a butterscotch and smoked almonds, both of which I'm not sold on, but I thought sounded very interesting. I thought they were sounded creative. You know, butterscotch sounds delicious to me, but I never even considered until I saw it happen that if you hold those cones up, everything's just going to fall out when everybody else is laying them on their side, which is what you're supposed to do. That helped everything to stay in. And when all that stuff started pouring out, I thought, why don't you just change your method and lay them on their sides, Flora? I wondered that too. I wondered why she just didn't abandon that idea. But, you know, she was so busy twiling. (laughs) There was a lot of... A lot of twill emphasis in this episode. Um, you no, know, this kind of show is supposed to be relaxing, right? The British mm-hmm. Bake Show is supposed to be with their lovely, you know, major key music and, and all that. But I get so angry with Flora because mm-hmm. of the extra crap that she does. And she keeps apologizing. And yes. I yell at the TV like I'm watching the Super Bowl. Like, you are not sorry. You keep mm-hmm. doing it. And, mm-hmm. and and Mary says to stop it. Don't apologize if you're not going to fix your ways, Flora. Right. I wonder what she thought of watching it back, watching her season back, where she's always just biting her finger and saying sorry with a little pink in her cheeks because she's slightly embarrassed. I mean, she's amazing for 19, but she oh, definitely absolutely. did not take some of the feedback. But even one of the hosts, I can't remember if it was Mel or Sue, came up to her and was like, hey, what if you put your horns in the oven now? And she's like, I'm going to roll up these twelves instead. And she's like, but you could do your pastry instead. And she like said it in like a hundred different ways. Why don't you quit doing that crap? And it's like she she has no control over what she Mm -hmm. bakes. Sorry. I digress. I'm sorry, Flora. I think you're amazing. She is amazing, but... One hundredth of what you can do. I'm full of crap. So, <laughs> well, honestly, I, I think these are all good points because I actually think that Flora, in a way, deserved to make it to the final. And you know, sorry, another spoiler alert. She doesn't. Right. But I. But also, does she? She has not one star baker at all up to this never? point. Never. <gasps> I never even thought of that. You're but better. here she is. You know. Uh, In week eight. So Mm -hmm. she's got a lot of skills. Yeah. She just tries to show too many of them at once that do not fit the brief. Um, Paul did coffee, vanilla swirl. So that's right up your alley and his brulee banana tipple. (laughs) (laughs) Not enough banana. Yeah. Not enough banana. And Tamal, he did a full puff and then I actually did I hear this? Did he use a malt flavor in one? Yes. And then, yes. I, I thought that was interesting. And then lime and, and mars, I say it wrong, mas, mascarpone. I put mars, the R in there too, mascarpone. Marsh. That must be a Midwestern thing, but yeah, it's mascarpone, right? Yeah. Yes. I, well, mm-hmm. yes. It was a cracking <laughs> job. It was. So I don't know. I think Nadia probably stood out in that challenge. Nadia and Tamal, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. And then they showed Tamal. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm moving ahead. Don't move ahead, Lisa. I'm thinking of him with his sister, and I almost started crying. Oh, <laughs> But that's later. That's later. So the technical. Mm-hmm. 
nine, to make nine identical mocha teens. Mocha teens. Uh, that you was and delicious both, to me. Yeah, you and I both agreed that this is one that that looked delicious and I would actually want to try. Um, it's not a tennis cake. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank right. goodness for that. Although a lot of elements, a lot of fiddly-ness, yes. honestly. Yes. Um, it's funny because during this challenge, Ian says he isn't very good at making cake, which I thought was really funny. Um, How'd you get to where you are? I know. And then Paul also said he'd never made a Genoese. Right. And he makes his, he tries to make his a second time. Oh, when they go back, it's so stressful because the time is so limited. Mm-hmm. I thought that during the judging, the judging was a little bit, I think Flora lost points for piping some shell shapes instead of star shapes. Why did I she thought. do that? Was she in a hurry? I don't know. But why does it matter? It didn't even look, you wouldn't have even noticed. But I guess maybe when things are so similar, you have to nitpick at this well, point. Well, this is what they asked for. So you better. Five bakers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved it oh. when, um, who was it? I think Flora yelled at Ian. Damn it, Ian. Yours looks good. <laughs> like, oh. All of a sudden, PG-13, because they never swear. They never swear. I just thought that was really cute. It was cute. It was. Um, Paul came in fifth with his two sponges. Yeah, They were like rubber. And I mean, I I feel like as a, you know, home, very amateurish baker, I I should probably figure out how to do that folding in of the egg whites to use it as a rising agent Mm -hmm. um, without knocking it all out. And maybe Mm -hmm. make a, I will always look at it and say, Genoa. I want to say Genoa, Mm -hmm. but that's probably not Mm -hmm. it, is it? Genoese? Uh, they say Genoese. I always said Genois, Genois to myself also. When, when you're making things. all your Genois? No, when I'm just looking at my cake, <laughs> cake, cake Bible and fancying myself a baker. Yeah. Yes. Is it Genoese um, or Geno difficult? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so dumb. I'm like, that's a funny joke. I like it. Genoese or Geno difficult? <laughs> Geno difficult. <laughs> Uh, fourth was Tamal and third was Flora. And then two, Ian made a fantastic yep. Genoise, Genoise and Nadia came in first. And I think she talks about sort of breaking her cycle on technicals and yes. having sort of a personal breakthrough. I think. Yep. She did an amazing job. They look just like Mary's. Yeah, well, oh, that's right. She said she had seen them in Mary's yep. cookbook, didn't she? Yep, she, so she said did this have a good looks idea. like it. Yeah, and yeah, that's always, yeah. I mean, how do you prepare right. for how do you? that kind of thing? I don't know. Go right. to culinary school, I guess. Right. So the showstopper, I am calling, in all caps with an exclamation point, Nun buns. Nun buns. <laughs> Excellent. So years and years and years ago, there was a story somewhere, I'm sure on the internet, where somebody had made a morning bun in a bakery and it looked like Mother Teresa. And it was <laughs> renamed Nun Bun and I believe sold on a fledgling eBay at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I love nun bun. I love thinking about nun buns or Cheetos shaped like, you know. President Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) He 
don't know. <laughs> Not what I was going to say, but that was a better save than what I was going to say. I know. You're going to give yes. us that explicit right thing again, Allison. Don't do it. Okay. I'm trying to watch so. my mouth. <laughs> so, nun buns. Uh, again, something I, I don't believe I will ever make. What about you? Um, well, you but you've made you've shoe? made shoe. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to do it more often. My daughter and I made it together a couple of times and she, she's much more meticulous than I, she's very good at following patterns and directions and, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we made it. Yeah. It's, I mean, shoe is mm-hmm. not that hard once you figure it out, but making it strong enough to stand and then support more on top. I just, I just feel like why I, I guess so many, so much of British Bake Off, it's why from, because I'm just a practical person. I like right. things that taste good. I, it doesn't matter to me really what they look like. Put it on a plate. Somebody's going to eat it. Put it on a plate. Well, you have to have that stand for two hours. Cause this is going to be the centerpiece at a party. Right. Oh, well, you probably well, sacrifice some flavor then if you had to make it strong enough to support three more layers, you know. And that, that kind of comes up because Tamal and Ian, who did very well, yes. both use strong, strong flour. flour. Can you mm-hmm. tell me, can you educate me a little bit? Because I still don't know. Flora uses half plain, half strong. Yes. So here in the States, strong flour is basically bread flour, what we would use for bread flour. Um Plain flour that they call plain is our all-purpose flour. Mm -hmm. Soft flour is our cake and pastry flour. So if you just know those few things, it makes it a little bit easier to follow what they're doing. Um, And I also, I feel like I've shared this before, but I need to share the tip of you can make soft flour, cake flour, if you take one cup of all-purpose flour, Remove two tablespoons, two level tablespoons of that flour and add two tablespoons of cornstarch and sift it or whisk it together. And you can make your own cake flour that way. Because I find that cake flour is expensive and sold in smaller, you know, smaller uh, quantities. Soft as silk. You've probably seen that beautiful box. Right. Or swans down, I think is another one. Yes. So that's my little tip about how to uh, know what, what the flowers mean and maybe a tip that you could use for making cakes. I think it's a very good tip because I don't even think about buying bread flour, which is the strong flour that they, they reference quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I've used it for my baguettes and I feel like it made mm-hmm. a difference. But did mm-hmm. I tell you this? I have a friend named Judy who uses it in her chocolate chip cookies, like only. She puts only oh. bread flour and she said they're amazing. I have to try it. I wonder what the difference is. I mean, probably a little sturdier, I would imagine. But she said that's the only thing she does. That's the only uh, kind of flour she uses in her cookies. And her her daughter does it and sells them. She sells wow. her cookies. Yeah. Wow. Well, the nun buns or the religieux à la ancienne. Ancien, religieux. Allison, uh, your whatever, French accent is so beautiful. Religieux, religieux. So he, Tamal uses the strong bread flour, mm-hmm. but he also uses really sharp flavors. He uses mango and passion fruit, um, creme pat, and they really liked it. Yep. 
They did, but let's, I feel like I need to dedicate most of this segment to Nadia's <laughs> disgusting flavors. What the, what the heck? Uh, Come on, Nadia. She, and I was watching it for probably the 10th time today. She picked up her spoon to taste whether it tasted like bubble gum. And she, she goes, yup, it tastes like, and sure, the corners of her mouth turned down and she kind of looked to the side, like, why would you give this to them when it looks like you don't really like it? She, I have that in my notes as well. I wrote, she tries her own icing and makes a face. Yeah. She's like, yup, <laughs> it tastes like bubble gum. Yeah, I thought, it, I, yeah. But they just I, went on and on about that and the peppermint. Ugh. I am not, I like mint. I do not like peppermint. And I can't, a peppermint, yeah. Like a cream filled donut with peppermint filling. That's toothpaste, baby. Yeah. This tastes like toothpaste. So are you on, do you give her points for creativity or not even that? Is it just too far? I feel like she took it a little bit too far, but let's all recall her pop cheesecakes that she made way back in the day, you know, a few episodes ago. She, I feel like she is so incredibly creative and she's always a few steps ahead and like, well, they're going to use coffee flavored. I'm going to do something that's really, really out there. And mm-hmm. then they won't forget it. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to forget that. And, the, and they, they thought she still did well because her bake was good. And, you know. Well, they rewarded her with Star Baker. Star Baker, even though it was not a great showstopper. I didn't think so either. I thought that was kind of an interesting moment that maybe there had been some editing um, that was not quite revealed because that was sort of a surprise. I, not that she deserves um, deductions for taking a risk on flavors, but you know how many times they said her flavors are all wrong. That's mm-hmm. something that they always take into consideration yeah. outside of the pastry being good. So that was a little confusing and I'm going to just suggest that maybe there's some editing of comments or something that, that maybe we didn't get in on. Are you suggesting a controversy? A controversy? Yes. Is I it am. a con- controversy? <laughs> Is it a conspiracy theory with the uh, Great British Baking Show? Oh my goodness! But you know, I wonder if you gave that bubblegum flavored eclair, and I'm just going to call it that, to a child. They'd probably be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. So everybody's palates are different. You know, everybody knows a man in their life who, like, doesn't eat vegetables at all and only eats, you know, meat and potatoes because their palate is so childish. Right. So maybe somebody else might have liked it. But I guess you got to play to Paul and Mary, right? And they're nice palates. She did say she practiced it seven times at home. And I just wonder who got all those. Gross. Oh. And you, somebody somewhere is like, no, not another bubblegum flavored eclair. I know. Yuck. Well, we didn't talk about him too much um, this episode, but Paul, who mm. I actually really liked. He's a great he, guy. He was voted out. He put too much. Oh, what, what they're giving us is that he put too much banana extract into mm-hmm. his well, and it was messy. His piping was haphazard, I believe, Mary said. And he had a bad um, week, but so did Flora. Yeah, he had a bad weekend. I know. Flora had a bad weekend, big time. I know. I know. I think she knew it. Yeah. Cones. But here's the thing: How do you put? 
seven limes into your filling and they're like, we can't taste the lime. Come on. Seven uh, limes. I think they're ta- like, I'm going back to my taste bud thing where they're like, I can't taste it anymore. Maybe she, maybe she just messed up. I don't know. I don't know either. I have no idea. I made a soup the other day that called for lime juice and I squeezed two limes and it was over half a cup from two limes. Cause they were big mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't add any, it called for four limes. I thought that was too much lime and a giant pot of soup. So I'm wondering too, seven limes and that, uh, whatever. It's hard and they couldn't know, taste the coconut either. Yeah, that's true. So to, to give something in the showstopper where two different bakes don't have a flavor. Yeah. I, and she said it at the end. She's like, I should have gone home. There's no question yeah. about it. And I'm like, you know what, Flora, you're probably right. Yeah. So I wonder if hers just looked better. Like they, it, I don't know. They didn't like Paul's decorative stuff and, you know. And plus his, 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 his technical was really bad. Yeah. And it was just her piping. I don't know. But we got to go with what Paul and Mary say. There's no American Idol type voting on this show. That took (laughs) place how many years ago? Eight years ago. (laughs) No, I know. Well, I think that's us. We're done. And dusted. Thank you for listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls. Or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.